Welcome to the What You Read Next podcast. In this podcast, your host, Lori Ami, will interview published authors to chat about their work, journey to getting published, and their book recommendations. If you share a passion for books and are always looking for your next read, then join us. Hi, Emma. Welcome to the What You Read Next podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. So happy to have you here. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, um, I'm Emma Scott, as you said. <laughs> I've been publishing since uh, 2014. That's when I uh, wrote my first book and kind of drop kicked it into Amazon. And then um, it was like no social media presence, no web page, no nothing. <laughs> I was just like, here I go. And then like nine people read it and I was like, oh, it's going to take some work. So, um, but I had so much fun doing it. And so I wrote another and then another, and it just has kind of grown from there. And I just, I really love writing um, love stories and um, on a practical or whatever matter, I live in San Francisco, California. Well, I live in the San Francisco area. I live in Menlo Park and I have my little daughter, Talia, my husband, Bill, and we have a Maltese named Hamilton. And uh, yeah, so that's, that's a little bit about me. I don't know if you need or want more. Yeah. <laughs> we'll dive into it. So what inspired you to become a writer? Like what inspired you to write the first novel? Well, I've always known that I was going to be a writer probably since I was a little kid, but I was always thinking I was going to write fantasy novels. I was really Mm. into fantasy. I read Dragonlance. Um, I played (laughs) D&D and I have written a few um, fantasy novels actually like back in high school, which of course are like, they'll never see the light of day. But, um, but I was thinking that's the only, the only thing I would do. And then I was entering a contest where they tell you the genre you have to write and so am I and I got romance and so I wrote the story that was that was in romance and I realized that even my fantasy novels always had this like romantic um subplot or not even a subplot like a central love story to the stories and I was like wow this is kind of what I'm already doing just fantasy and so I expanded that story from the contest into a full-length novel that was the first novel Mm -hmm. and I realized this is what I want to do this is what I love more I still love fantasy and I'll probably go back and I've actually I've written one that's the start of a series but fantasy takes a lot of work and time and world building so you can't kind of be writing them like once every three or four months, at least I can, it takes a lot more work. So, but in the meanwhile, I'm absolutely just loving contemporary romance. I just kind of found my calling on it. I love this. And so let's talk about like getting your book published and growing your audience and like what it takes to, you know, to have a brand, you know, what was the process like, you know? Cause I know you mentioned like only nine people may have read the first book, but they're, you know, probably there's more now there's yeah Yeah. (laughs) that was like that was like my friends and family were the first to go and then you know it trickled after that but yeah but um it was a it was a really interesting process like I was just kind of was learning as I went and of course I realized that Facebook has this amazing romance community Mm -hmm. and so I got my page and then I you know had a few readers and such and but mostly what I think I did was um above and beyond any kind of marketing because I didn't have any ads I didn't know anything about that um I just wrote the next book and I had a a really great time writing it and so and then I wrote the next book and I and they came out relatively quickly and so they kind of built off each other so that by the time the third that third book came around which was Rush um I had a, a following and then I kind of was getting more savvy about like you know, marketing and teasers and the whole, everything that you see authors do, like Mm -hmm. this was back in 2014. I don't know 
I'm, I know authors were doing teasers, of course, and having that kind of thing back then, but it, it was like, you know, it was just kind of a different time. Like the, the process and the um, community evolves and changes so much, mm-hmm. but I was learning as I went and I just kind of like cultivated my group on Facebook, on, on my page on Facebook, which also was different back then. If I'm being perfectly honest, it was much better. Facebook has changed pages so much that um, it's, I'm, I'm sorry to say, it's not, it's not anywhere near as good as a group now, mm-hmm. but back then it was a really great place to talk to my readers. And I just talked to them constantly. I think that was one of the things I did that was, I guess you could say successful if you're in building a brand, but I really wanted to talk to them. I felt so grateful that they were reading my books and they wanted to talk about them to me. Like Mm -hmm. it was kind of crazy. So I spent a lot of time doing that when I wasn't doing the actual writing. And I, I built some really great relationships, I think with early readers that I still carry to this day. So that was my, the one thing I did, I think I did successfully. And the one thing I really love and is most important to me. I love this. I love the fact that, you know, we get access and with social media, we get access to authors and it's just an opportunity for us to gush about it and to be like, oh my gosh, like, tell me, tell me what else you're working on, you know? And I think that's yeah. a really great thing that we it's do have. It's super great. It's so fun to talk to readers and it's even greater to actually meet them in person at signings, which has been, you know, rough this year, not being able to do that because, I think that's such an important part for me. And I know a lot of authors too will agree that being able to see their readers face to face and give them a hug and everything, it's, you know, it's kind of mm-hmm. crucial. And to not have been able to do that this year has been really kind of hard. Yeah, I do. I miss signings. <laughs> I was like, I realized there's like so much as miss opportunities. I was thinking about book conferences. And I was like, I wish I could go to the book conference. It's like, no, it's not happening, you know. Yeah. So, um, so let's talk about your writing process. Um, are you are you a plotter? Or are you a pantser? Like, do you follow an outline, or do you see where the story leads you? Well, it's so I think I'm on my 19th book, and I think I finally sort of kind of figured out my process. <laughs> um, <laughs> it used to be just like set an like literally my process was set an Amazon pre-order and then write like hell to make sure you hit it. <laughs> like I just was kind of having mental burnout on doing that. But um, I, I do, I'm a pantser and a plotter in the sense that I have to have a little bit of an outline to start. Like I have to know, I have to know the ending of the book, at least generally. And I have to have a, a basic outline of like key scenes and important uh, moments in the book. And then I outline it, but inevitably the story changes as I go and the characters change and they do things and they say things I didn't think about or, or plan or, you know, a new character will pop up and be um, 10 times more important than I had initially thought. And so then the outline itself changes. So I have these, like, I have a cork board and I have note cards. And so I outline each chapter on a note card mm-hmm. and I'll do about 20 chapters. And then, but as I go, if I finish a chapter, I get to pull it off the cork board and it's fabulous to see the blank space. <laughs> but usually I'll start to go and then the story then starts to change and I have to make new note cards and I have to add them onto the board and it just kind of grows from there. And so, um, but yeah, so that's my process now. And I'm happy to say that I, I kind of have one instead of just being a kind of hot mess of like panic and like getting it out and um, so and consequently, or maybe not, I don't know, my books are getting longer and longer also. So as they evolve in the course of that outline, but, but yeah, that's my general process. I love this. And so how long does it take to write a book for you? 
Well, so there's research involved, um, usually because every single one of my books, either one or both uh, main characters is an artist of some kind. Mm -hmm. And unless it's an art that I'm familiar with, you know, like I, I did acting in college, so I know that a little bit and obviously writing and, but like blown glass art, um, my upcoming gal is a jewelry maker. I know nothing of these. And so I have to research those, which I actually really love because I find that the story grows as I research and I learn new things and new elements that kind of like shape the character because that's what she has to do or that's what you know why she chose that art kind of comes through more fully so I love doing the research but that part takes a little bit of time and um I would say if I'm really working and not being lazy <laughs> it would take a couple of weeks um and then character development like who's who the names who you know the family members that kind of thing and then when I really and that and then I there's a lot of procrastination so you got to factor in a good, <laughs> a good two weeks of solid procrastination and then like a light switch kind of just flips on and it starts slowly and then it starts to build up speed and I think the um when I'm really getting into that stage I think it's like four to five weeks of actual intense writing that gets the actual book done mm. I'm fascinated and so how's your writing during the pandemic because that's probably, that's, there's a lot of anxiety. There's all these different yeah. things that are happening. So how's that going? Well, it's funny. I have two completely separate experiences and because I have two books out so far that released mm -hmm. during the pandemic. And the first one was absolute torture <laughs> where I had sort of started to fall into a kind of a funk in December at like the holidays of 2019 mm -hmm. and it kind of carried through. And then when, when the pandemic hit in March, it was like compounding onto that. Mm -hmm. And so I was, I say that the girl in the love song, which I, um, I released in June, the writing of that book was like, I would say it's like, it was physically painful sometimes to be typing and I would be like crying and I'd be like every single sentence I typed I'm like this is crap and like I had such a hard time with that book and I'm literally amazed that it it turned into what it did I couldn't I say that I couldn't see it like I couldn't see it as a whole I didn't know what it was and I had to really rely on my best beta readers and um my editor to like kind of hold my hand through that and say no you got it and then but then by contrast the next book when you come back to me I kind of came out of that like the pandemic started to you know the really super scary part of the pandemic kind of went went down a little I mean obviously it's still scary but that initial fear when no one knew what anything was going on and what was going to happen that kind of subsided and the next book I wrote um yeah when you come back to me it was a completely different experience and I love being at home with my family they had to stay home obviously they weren't back in school at the time and I thought that would be a huge distraction and it turns out it wasn't it was really nice to just kind of like be in the space together and my husband is so supportive and like he'd bring me coffee and food while I just typed and typed and it was so I had like a just night and day on these two books of, of how it came out but I'm generally speaking I'm always in my office I'm, I'm a homebody anyway so that aspect of the quarantine didn't really change for me that much like I said just not being able to travel and see readers that's only that's been the hardest part of day my day-to-day -day life is kind of I've been the same <laughs> yeah I feel like the pandemic has been like my dates are redundant they're like basically the same like nothing has changed uh, right. but there things have there things have changed too so it's like it's it's a it's a contrast of you know very very mundane, mundane things and I'm like every day is the same but it's like it's a grass day 
And then be like, well, I can't travel. I can see my family. Yeah. There's a lot of different things. So I'm like, oh, my life is different. So. Yeah, it's like when you're in the work and doing the work, you don't really think about it as much. And then like yeah. when I finished, when you come back to me, I was like, well, damn, we're now, now I want to go somewhere and like celebrate or whatever, you know, you yeah. just, you just you can't. can't. You can't. Um, so let's talk about like the Lost Boy series. Like, what was the source of inspiration for the series, and what can we expect? Well, it actually it started out as I was thinking it would be like a vampire. I was thinking my initial thought was I'd have like brothers who are not necessarily blood brothers, but like maybe either vampires or something supernatural, some kind of like Umbrella Academy type twists to them. Mm-hmm. That was my initial like spark, and then I was like, eh, you know, I don't. I think I just more want to tell stories about real people in the real world. <laughs> so it uh, kind of pared down to the three guys, but um, each with their different personalities. And like, I really, I don't know. I just, I saw the three of them so clearly, even before I knew what their stories were going to be about. I knew that Miller was going to be a musician. I knew Holden came from a previous book of mine. He has a teeny tiny mention in Someday Someday. And he just kind of popped out at me as this character that I needed to, tell his story and then Ronan in the forthcoming book I haven't have yet to write um he's just kind of like of all I like I love to write about broken boys and he's like probably the most (laughs) poor baby so um so that initial inspiration was brothers but not bound by blood but just by like their differences and they're like and then when it was a supernatural idea it was like how they're outsiders because of whatever abilities they were going to end up having and once I toned that down and just put it in the real world it was like they're the outcasts or the lost boys based on either like in Miller's case you know being have extreme poverty or hold in with his um his own kind of demons and Ronin with his tortured past and they became bonded that way and I just loved that was like the the my favorite part of the of the Lost Boys or what is really the glue holding them together is those three guys and their friendship and how they are like kind of united in their outcastness. I love this. And so you write emotional books. What's the process like for you to take us in the journey? And I think for as a writer, like do you do some self-care? Like do you practice something that just allows you to just get that? emotional journey you know tortures us and then at the same time be like okay I want to be sane at the same time yeah well actually I think it's kind of like it's it's kind of therapeutic in a way like Mm -hmm. it works out any kind of emotions that I have personally like I can kind of channel it through and you'll see like like if anyone knows my personal story my daughter passed away two years ago she was 10 years old and so you see even before that though like like it felt like parts of that story of my life were kind of already in my other books that I already written. Mm -hmm. And so since that time, I, you can see flashes of like my experience in all of the books. Like if they're dealing with grief, if they're dealing with um, feeling like people kind of don't understand or not, you know, like understanding that particular experience because it is kind of, you know, um, it's not terribly universal. And so for me, that's kind of a therapy to kind of help get it out that way. And so they are emotionally draining though, in the sense that once a book is done, I I didn't talk about this when we were discussing my process, but I really do have to take time off after a book is done. So the writing of the next book is like I said, the the however many weeks, but I don't get started on it right away. I just can't, I've tried to like 
be that author who will just be like hit publish. And then they're like the next day they're on Facebook saying, Hey guys, I wrote a thousand words on the next one. And I get so jealous. <laughs> like I just can't do that. I have to take like a, at least a solid month off to kind of recuperate. Mm. And then as far as like self-care goes, um, this may sound like a shameless plug. I'm not being paid by Peloton, but my Peloton bike is like a godsend. Like, I don't know what I would do without it. It's like, how I can work out excess feelings or just also just to move around after being, you know, sitting all day long. So I, I've worked that into my, my process where I have to get up in the middle of the day and go right on it and kind of get the blood flowing. And like, it's non-negotiable now. So I would say that's kind of like the self-care aspect of it and just taking the time off when I need it. And, uh, but yeah, the writing's like, it's like its own little therapy. I don't know what I would do without that either. Yeah, I can imagine. I find that for me, I journal um, almost every day, and that's been very therapeutic. Like I, I, you know, have some different things going on that I had to go through some major trauma, and so that journaling, writing, exercising, just doing the things that are just going to nourish my soul can right. be replenishing. You know. Oh yeah, and it's super important. And journaling, that's great that you do that. That's like when I didn't have a grief counselor anymore, I went to journaling because it's kind of like a therapy where you're just talking yeah. it out. Yeah. So that's hugely important. I think people who journal, like I think I would let, encourage others to journal if they're having, if they're struggling, you know, or having trauma, like you, what you and I have experienced or anyone just to kind of help get it out, you know, and like put it, I, I feel it's like, if you put it out into the world, at least you're not, you know, it's not sitting inside you just, you know, stuck. Yeah. You just have to get a fluid out of your system. I think right. I call it brain dumps where you just like dump it out. Like I don't even read back my journals. I just, I just dump it out into something and it's just mm-hmm. like, it's going to sit there and, you know, it'll make sense. And later on, maybe going for right. a walk and do something will spark an idea or something. But I think it's just like, you just need to get the funk out of it. Exactly. And I don't read mine either, but that only because I can't, my handwriting is so terrible. <laughs> <laughs> I literally can't decipher my own handwriting. My friend calls it my serial killer handwriting. Oh, <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, so what are you working on next? Are, are you taking a break right now and you're planning something else? What's in the horizon for you? You mean like after the third Lost Boy book? Because that's technically, that's what's up on deck now. It's like what I have to, I'm finally out of that whole month off break so that's going to be next and then after that I have um there's two more books I'm I have already pretty much a good idea about I'm really excited about them mm-hmm. one is um I don't know if you know that anthology that Colleen Hoover did called one more step yeah um so the story I have in there features a character from uh also from Someday Someday a side character and so I I wrote about her and then I realized that she has more of a full story so I'm going to tell hers more completely and that's actually going to be somewhat lighter than my usual stuff a little bit especially after the Lost Boys it's actually and of course lighter by my standards <laughs> it's not going to be a rom-com but slightly lighter than usual and then um then the one after that, I'm really excited about too. Um, and I love, I'm excited that I already kind of have it on the horizon. So I'm not like kind of in a panic of like what to do next, but um, it's one, it's an idea that I've been kicking around for like at least like a year and a half. But you know, with these stories, I get an idea and I can't, I don't just immediately start like writing it. Sometimes it has to kind of sit and percolate a little. Um, 
mm-hmm. be it a year or months. And then finally it's like, okay, it tells me like now's the time to write this story. So, so it's possible that this one could, could be in front of the one from the one step anthology, but we'll see like what I'm in the mood for when I, when I finish Ronin's story. <laughs> that sounds good. Oh my gosh. That's so exciting. And um, so yeah. now we're going to some book recommendations. What has been a book that you read this past year that you loved? So I, I've kind of slowed down on reading, like I've read a lot of nonfiction lately, um, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, like I just got into a nonfiction kick that has nothing to do with romance, but I did read Queen Move by Kennedy Ryan. Um, I don't remember when early, early this year, it seems like kind of a blur or God, was it even last year? No, it was this year. It was this year. <laughs> yeah. It came out this year. So no yeah, worries. it's like, it's everything's the same. We're in a pandemic. Yes, exactly. Um, so I read that and I just love Kennedy Ryan. I think, I mean, I love her as a human being, first of all, first and foremost, but who she is as a human being comes out in her, her writing as well. And she's just such an intelligent, warm, beautiful person. And that's all in Queen Move. And I just love that book. Um, and so I would highly recommend that. I'm sure most everyone's read it, <laughs> but if you haven't, then I definitely recommend uh, that book or really anything from her. Her Grip series is amazing. I read the Kingmaker trilogy or duology. Um, it's, she's, she's just something special. I love this. So tell us where you're going to find me online. So I have a website that my lovely and super awesome brother built for me. Um, it's emmascottwrites.com. And primarily though, I would say on Instagram um, at Emma Scott writes, and then on my reader group, which is called Emma's Entourage on Facebook. Like I said, with, with the pages and not to disparage Facebook, but it really is kind of hard to connect with people I find on there. So my reader mm-hmm. group is definitely the place where um, I give all of the news up front and like what's going on and snippets and that everybody sees, if you want to see something first, that's the place to go. I love this. Thank you, Emma, for being on the show. Thank you so much for having me, Laura. I had a really good time and I appreciate it so much. If you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to share with friends, subscribe, rate, and review the show. This is the easiest way to support this podcast. Once you connect with fellow women's readers and make new friends, get weekly book recommendations, attend monthly meetups, then join our Patreon community. You can join at whatreadnextblog.com slash Patreon. Romance lovers, check out Queen Bee Reads Etsy shop for cute and comfortable bookish apparel. The shop also features social justice apparel and fun items from some of your favorite TV shows like The Shits, Greeks, and The Office. Use code WATREAD10 to save. Visit whatreadnextblog.com slash queenbeereads. What to Read Next Podcast is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. Discover new podcasts to love on frolic.media slash podcast. Thank you so much for listening and have a great day.